Welcome to NRL.com's preview podcast for round three of the NRL. My name is Chris Kennedy. My co-host Alicia Newton will be joining us shortly, but for now I'm very lucky to have on the line from the Cronulla Sharks prop, Braden Hamlin. Ueli, Braden, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, of course, Let's see. Um, so, yeah, just looking ahead, I guess, to round three, but before we talk about the Eels, uh, just cover off on uh, last weekend, absolute slog out there in the wet, really um, close for game, a, a real tough grind in the middle. Um, are there any lessons you guys can can take out of that one to take forward into Parramatta? Um, definitely a lot of lessons in attack. Um, you know, we completed at a pretty low rate. Um, and the week before that against Dragons, we completed at a high rate. So, um, the more time we hold the ball, the less defending we'll make. I think that I think we made 55 tackles inside our 20. Um, so it goes to show that we're we're there to turn up for each other and can defend. But if we hold the ball, um, especially in those sort of conditions, we we can go a long way to winning it. You guys must take a lot of confidence out of the way you're able to defend your line, um, given the the amount of ball that, that Canberra had. Yeah, it was. It's definitely a big. Um, shift from last year's um, defence in our, in our zone, you know, I think we were the worst at um, K, like sort of on our line resilience. And I think we were the team that gave the most points and the least amount of plays. So to have it totally flip 180 or 360, you'd say um, it's, it's quite, you know, it's quite good to feel that, like, especially in the middle, you know, we can turn teams away and it's just, um, you know, we're not afraid to give them a repeat set because we know that we'll just turn up for each other and just keep um, defending. On the uh, on the team's front, uh, not a great deal of change, but it looks like Connor Tracy into the the starting side. He's a you know obviously a talented player. He plays in the halves. He's played off the bench. He's at centres uh, this week. What can fans expect from uh, Connor into the starting team? Um, I think you saw it last week. Um, when in a short stint, you know he was not afraid to run the ball at 100 miles an hour in, in the brood of the middles. You know he got whacked and he got straight back up. Um, he's a tough player. He, he trains like he plays. He um runs hard at training and he's always you know gives us another dynamic with um. The speed that he has, you know, he's he's a very fast player and can um and defend really well. So, um, it's exciting to see him out in the centres to see what he can do. Um, I'm sure you know he'll do a great job for us. And yeah, I look forward to actually seeing him out there. As we um as we sit here, it's Wednesday afternoon, so you guys have uh, sort of halfway through your, your week's preparation. Have you had much of a look at at Parramatta? Yeah, today was our um what we call a G minus three session. So it's the game day in three days. So we just do a on a position and um you know their team is full of um full of good players you know they got Gutherson at the back uh they got the two big boys in the middle or three big boys in the middle with Brown Polo and um Gillard and you know the, the whole the whole team likes to offload so we're, we've been working hard on I'm um, trying to nullify that um getting our contact up and you know they got shifty playmakers and Moses and, and Dylan Brown so um yeah we've done a lot, a lot of work focus on them this week uh today and um we'll go again captain's run to just um, iron out the details and then we go Saturday so yeah I think we're ready for the game mm. You're part of the field in particular Junior Paulo has been immense the first couple of games he's crashed over for a couple of tries as you touched on he loves to offload um, Big Regsy I think it was 170 metres on the weekend Brownie was everywhere and then they've got guys like um, Isaiah Papali'i coming off the bench so their, their middles are, are really going to be a handful for you guys Yeah it's going to be a very good test for us um, you know we had Pali, I'm um, last week and I'm um, tapping it last week. So to go another step into Parramatta, they're, they're you know they're around the same and if not even better. Um, they the whole another dynamic of four pack. Um, you know, Junior's got good foot, footwork and can throw a long ball if he wants to. So he's not that one dimensional front roller. So we've got to take care of those guys. And um, I think for us to get over this Parramatta pack, um, we just have to run in pairs and, and run hard. You know, be be prepared for the dogfight that's going to be. 
obviously uh, Bankwest Stadium has been a bit of a fortress for them the, the last couple of years since it opened up. Have you personally played out there? I played, we played there, I think, a couple of times last year. They won yeah. against the Bulldogs and won against the Tigers, I think. Um, I like the stadium. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing stadium. But, you know, uh, we don't take too much notice into the whole sort of fortress type thing. Um, you know, we go there and if we play as well as we can, we know that not many teams are going to be able to go with us. So um, our focus is, is solely on us this week to get our um, attack right and, and our defence right. And whatever happens after that, you know, that's just, that's just icing on the cake. You um you guys have got a uh, pretty formidable middle of your own. You know, Woodsy's been in good form. Toby Rudolph, his last year or two, been a, a real breakout. Um, you know, Aiden Tolman joining the club off the bench. It's um you know Jack Williams, Billy McGooley, a couple of youngsters, up and coming. So um you know you're a bit of a leader in that pack now as well. Yeah, it's um I sort of try to take that role on, not so much as you know as formally as a, but just um you know, giving giving information where I can and, and trying to hold um, myself to a high standard that people can um, sort of look back at it and be like, oh, you know, that, that's, that's how I want to, like, how I want to, like, you know, keep myself at a standard. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to represent my country, so um, I come back and sort of, you know, like to show that I, um, I deserve to be there and, and sort of um, raise myself as a, as a leader to the young dudes to help them out where I can. And, you know, leading isn't, doesn't mean captain or anything like that. It just means, you know, um, go about your business and, and, and um, where people think, where you think people need help, go and assist. And, um, you know, I'm more than happy to do that. How's, um, how's Big Drew going, Big Fafita? We, had, we saw Gal the other week say he's, you know, battling a little bit with his knee and, and his fitness and, and so on. But um, he's obviously, you know, hugely experienced, been one of the best props in the world that the past decade or so. How's he been around the group? Yeah, he's, he's nothing but phenomenal. Um, he, he never, you never see him with a frown on his face. Um, you know, all the stuff in the media that's in the media, but he comes to us with a, um, a smile on his face and he's raring to go. Um, he's always on the front foot and just loves, you know, loves. He's a good part of the group because he's never, never negative. And mm. um, whatever is happening in his life, he doesn't bring it to work. And and I've never seen Big Drew upset or anything like that. Um, in terms of his knee, I think I think you know he's looking fit. He's lost a few few kgs and then yeah, I've never seen him this fit. So um, yeah, just just keep biding his time. And I think you know um, it's it's a, it's a good headache to have for Bomber as a as a coach. You know, he's got. I'm a, a caliber player like Fafita, um, just outside the 17. So it keeps us all, us middles all on our toes. And um, I'm sure whenever he's recalled back into the team, he'd be ready to go. Just on the uh, the rest of your side, I think uh, Will Kennedy is someone who's, for me, been really eye-catching so far this year, taking over at, at fullback. Um, you know, Chad and Moyes are leading the team around while, while SJ's sidelined. Um, you know, Blake Braley, last couple of years, been really good. So it's a, um, you know, the, the spine's starting to, to come together nicely as well. Yeah, they are. Um, Willie's been massive for us the last two games. Um, you know, he doesn't take too much notice of what people say about his game or anything like that. He's he's pretty hard on himself when things go wrong. So, um, but yeah, he he's been he's been amazing for us. He's not afraid to bring it back. Um, he's not the biggest fullback, but he's, he plays like he is. Um, and and it's it's good to see that he's not afraid because it lifts us middles, you know. And um, Moise and Chetty they complement each other really well. Um, you know, Chad is a more organised half and, and Moyes is a bit more free-flowing and, and that's just, that works perfectly for our, our sort of team, you know. Um, Moyes can sort of take the middles um, on with his feet and um, footwork and, and Chad is 
directors around the park and we're all on the same page. So our spine is good. And, and Blakey's just another um, dynamic out of hooker. Um, he's got that kick on him. He's got it. He's quick out of the quick out of the mark. And um, we just got to be there when he jumps and, and be there for the push. How's uh, how's Chatty been this week? The boys obviously would have got around him after the the way the last game finished, but he's a he's pretty hard bloke to keep down. Yeah, Chatty, of course, Chatty knew what um, you know. Obviously, what happened. We we all were there, and there's no point in us um, you know keep touching on about it to him. Um, he's a, he's a big man and he's an adult, and he knows that to just flush it after that week. Uh, after that couple of days and get back into this week ready to go for Parramatta. Um, yeah, it, it happens in rugby league. Um, but the beauty of rugby league is that there's another week to rectify it after. So, yeah, Chatty, Chatty's not down at all. He's, he's ready to go. Game day, you got much... Is it just captain's run? You got much more training to do? Are you guys pretty well prepped? Um, yeah, we're pretty well prepped. We had a um, big session today on the field, just um, going through what how power play and how we want to defend. And then we'll have the day off tomorrow and then come back for um, captain's run on Friday. And then the game on Saturday. So, a bit of a short week, but uh, it's good to, you know, the faster the second title waiting around to be the last game of the round. So, <laughs> finally, on a Saturday instead of a Sunday, it's um it's good. And I think the boys are ready. It must be a little bit of a weird one. Players generally don't like being the, the last game of the round. And you've had it two weeks in a row to, to start the season after the, I guess, the off season we had and the, the weird disrupted year last year to then, you know, footy's finally back and you guys are the eighth game two weekends in a row. You must have just been jumping out of your skin to, to get on the field. Yeah, it was it was annoying because everyone is playing and then you're watching that and you're like, oh, right, when's our turn? And it's just an extra long week, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, all the, all the um, ads were like, Round one starts on Thursday, and then we're waiting till Sunday. So, no, nah, it was good to just get out there and play. But to have a Saturday game, it's, it's even better. You got a couple of Saturdays and a couple of Fridays after that, so you'll be able to uh, kick kick the rounds off a bit earlier from now on. Anyway, we massively appreciate your time on the NRL.com Preview Podcast, Braden. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck on Saturday against the Eels. Yes, thank you for having me. And now joining me to talk through the rest of the round is NRL.com Crack Reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Not a problem, CK. Another week. How are you? I'm very well. I'm uh, looking forward to heading out to the Golden West to do the the Panthers Storm game um, Thursday night. It's usually your hood, but I'm um, mm. taking over this weekend. Yeah, they call think? up the big dogs for the big game. <laughs> I'm just the Thursday night specialist. I get I get weekends off now. Um, <laughs> What do you think about this one? Obviously, big news. Nathan Cleary is going to be rested, off, obviously, after that head knock last week. And Ryan Pappenhausen out for the storm with a bit of a neck complaint. Both of them probably just out for a week. But a grand final rematch without the Clive Churchill medalist and, um, you know, Penrith's best player. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Talking to Ivan Cleary, like, earlier in the week, is it even – does it feel like a grand final rematch compared to other years? Like, there's 12 players out in total, six from each team that featured in last year's grand final. So 12, is it? That's wow. a, yeah, that's a big whack, if you obviously including Cleary and Pappenhausen. And then you forget Appy Coruscant, Cameron Smith, like two starting dummy halves as well. So, mm. um, yeah, is it going to be a true reflection of a grand final rematch? I don't think so. But, like, it's pretty 50-50 still now that mm. these two players are ruled out. Um, and enter Matt Burton. Matt Burton's yeah. fun to try. I guess this is Penrith's sort of case for why they're not releasing him early because any game that a, a half misses, they they need Matt Burton to step in. Um, what are you expecting from Burton? Do you think there's been a bit of talk about Tyro May? Do you reckon Burton will start? Just be you know like for like straight in for Cleary? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Like talking to Ivan, he was keeping a bit close to his chest. I think either way they go, you know, whoever plays on that right edge, they've got 
Cameron Munster and Kenny Bromwich coming at them all night long. So it's going to be a pretty big ask on that right side. Matty Burton traditionally plays on the left in reserve grade and, and obviously when he does play a bit of NRL. So, um, yeah, either way, they're going to have a bit of traffic coming at them. Do you do you start with Tyro May for that first 20 and sort of bring Burton in later? I'm not too sure, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge for him. He's obviously had a very distracted, you know, off-season. He's been basically the pawn between two clubs, you know, arguing over when he should be released um, after signing with them for next year. So, um, you know, apparently he was a bit distracted during that the off season, but now that the footy's kicked back around again, he sort of got back into a groove. And um, I just think it's, it's real. there's a lot of irony there, the fact that, you know, the Bulldogs sort of inflicted the damage on Nathan Cleary to sit out this week. And now Matty Burton gets a call up, like it's a perfect mm. example of why the Panthers want to sort of keep him. So yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of irony there. What about for the um, the Storm? Obviously, like you mentioned, a bunch of changes from the grand final. Cameron Smith, um, you know, the shaky start to the post-Smith era. You know, Tino's gone to the the Titans. Um, George Jennings in for Suliasi Vunivalu. And then, um, like we were just saying, Pappenhausen out. So uh, Nico Hines gets his chance at fullback. He's, um, he's a very useful player, but he's no he's no Pappenhausen. Felice Kafusi suspended after that pretty nasty shot on um, on Ryan Madison last week. So Tom Eisen Hooth into the starting side as well, so it's not it's not the strong, <coughs> strongest storm lineup we've seen uh, of late. Yeah, and just on Nico Hines, you also forget that he never got a single minute in that grand final last year either. Mm. So for him, you know, this might be a great opportunity to to play against you know top of the table Panthers who haven't conceded a point either. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one because I thought I thought Melbourne in that first game against South, like they come out firing in that first half and then obviously South came back in the second whereas last week they got into a real sort of you know to and fro with the, the eels and obviously conditions played into both teams hands but you know talk about big moments and they just couldn't get there whereas you know the the, the pre the, the Cameron Smith days we're so used to them sort of getting out of those little holes whereas they couldn't do it last week so um I'm really intrigued I'm not um I'm not too sure sort of which which way to go in terms of the game result but I'm intrigued to see how Melbourne do it now without without Smith and Pappenhausen, like just sort of back up after a loss and see if it does sort of flow on. Because I don't know what the stats are, but back-to-back losses, I don't think they've had any since 2018 or something ridiculous. So they're not used to losing, which, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which sort of players step up in these guys' absence. You certainly don't. You talk about back-to-back losses. That doesn't happen too often. Certainly not at the start of the year when we're so used to seeing them hit the ground running. For the storm to be one from three at the start of the year would be um, not unprecedented, but certainly very unusual if they do in fact go down to the the Panthers, who, like you said, haven't conceded a point in the first two rounds. Apparently, that's never been done in in first grade rugby league um, in Australia. So, um, pretty remarkable record. Admittedly, against two of the weaker teams so far, you would not imagine that that record lasts through three rounds. No, I don't think so. I think the Storm will find a way um, to, to get through the line this week. But um, big crowd expected on Thursday night, despite, you know, all the floodwaters that has happened out there at Penrith and free uh, free entry for SES volunteers as well, which is a nice gesture. So, um, yeah, it should be a cracking game, but 50-50 for me. Got to have a tip, mate. Got to have a tip. I went with Penrith before Nathan Cleary got ruled out. So I'll probably stick with them now that Pappenhausen's ruled out. I think it's pretty fair game, but just, just towards the home side. Yeah, I was 
I think I was Storm and then Cleary got ruled out and I was more confident and then Pappenhausen went as well and now I'm back to on the fence. But um, if I've got to pick one, then, then Storm for me. I don't see them going um, one from three. But yeah, cracking game to, to start the round. Friday afternoon footy or Friday evening footy, the Dragons and the Sea Eagles um, a little bit further down the, uh, the other end of the ladder for this one. Dragons, pretty impressive win last week up in Townsville against the Cowboys. Manly just was an improved effort, I guess, against South, but they're in, uh, they're in a bit of strife certainly in terms of their, their depth and their their squad with um, shocking news that Andrew Davies done his, his ACL, um, you know, worked so hard to get that starting berth and, and Manly just completely out of back rowers at the moment. Rookie 5'8", Josh Schuster starting on an edge. So um, they're in a bit of strife. They sure are. And, you know, like thinking about they play the Roosters into the Rabbitohs, like it's a pretty tough ask to begin with, let alone yeah. having all these injuries like they're, I'm not sure whether something needs to be sort of looked into. I know ACLs are very, you know, basically no luck there. But, um, yeah, it's it's tough to see where Manly sort of get out of this hole. Like, it's the Dragons are obviously had a good win last week, but Manly just, they need to find a way. You know, the, the Cherry Evans and Kieran Flora in combination just hasn't been able to fire early. And we know that this competition is long, but... Um, you know, just looking at their lineup, it's tough to see just where where it sort of can go right for them either. Like they've got a pretty decent forward pack, but I don't know if it's their bench or they're just not finding that that forward punch. I thought they played all right against South. I didn't see a whole lot of it, but um, you know, they were sort of neck and neck with them for a little while before yeah. South flew away at the end there. Yeah, they did some good stuff before before Souths kicked away. Souths uh, admittedly did it um, under duress with a, a couple of players missing from the um, the back line through the game. I guess for the Dragons, yeah, this game's in Wollongong, which you know, if the Dragons could play Manly anywhere, you'd think it's probably Wollongong. Um, ben Hunt was magnificent last week. McCulloch was good. Norman uh, was pretty good. Um, you know, Dufty's had a, a good fortnight. Even uh, Josh Kerr, who we were a bit questioning what he was doing out on an edge, had an improved game. Um, playing out wide, you know, Daniel Alvaro, some really good impact off the bench. So their, their forward pack's looking a little bit uh, stronger than we thought it might as well. Yeah, they were. They all played sort of above their weight up there. Not many was predicting them to beat the Cowboys. You know, we all expected that the Cowboys would bounce back um, after their shocker against Penrith the week before. But, yeah, they just played the, to their strengths. And, and, you know, I read a lot of comments about Ben Hunt and how everyone was really happy for him. But that's what you want out of your, you know, $1.2 million halfback a game like that's the sort of stuff you should be trying to produce and reproduce every week um Corey Norman coming back though that makes a massive difference to him and and Andrew McCulloch you know a few few sort of doubted his ability but him and Hunt sort of worked really really well they just need a bit more time together um yeah I mean a, a lot can change in a week but suddenly you know the Dragons don't look as bad as what their charity shield performance you know was going back last month now yeah, you can't read too much into trials and South were, were red hot that day. But I've seen a bit in the Dragons that the first fortnight, the comeback against the Sharks, even though they went on to lose um, some good signs in round one and then obviously um, had to soak up a lot of pressure. I know the Cowboys didn't throw, you know, too much attacking football at them, but they certainly had some opportunities down there and, and Dragons were able to turn them away. So um, we both tipping Dragons for this one? Yep, Dragons for me. Dragons for me too. Another absolute blockbuster um, early in the round. Rabbitohs and the Roosters at Stadium Australia. Um, cannot wait for this one. Uh, Storylines all over the place. What What are you looking forward to? I just want to see how much the Roosters sort of respond to that 60 to 8 
thrashing last year. Like a little bit's been made about it this week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know how quickly sort of we're talking about the finals, how quickly they could bounce back a week later, but how quickly do you bounce back over a preseason after that sort of result? You know, um, the Roosters are a little bit depleted. So Souths have got nearly their full strength lineup, um, or at least with all the depth that they've got. They're, uh, they're right up there. Um, Angus Crichton coming back for the Roosters is, is obviously a really, really big boost. And they've had two games to start the season where, like, they've obviously blown off Manly and, and the Tigers out off the park. But this is a real test for them this week to see where they are. It's a much better gauge. Mm, plenty of uh, clubs uh, as always and a few players up against their former clubs Latrell Mitchell at fullback for Souths obviously um, did some good things when he was at the Roosters Luke Keary and Angus Crichton in the Roosters lineup um, had great careers at Souths as well um, I want to talk about Benji Marshall just for a little bit um, I've just really liked what he's added off the bench for Souths he was a guy who we weren't really sure why Souths were getting him because even though he's a you know a wonderful player and, and would add something off the field just looking at the Souths lineup what was he going to add you know how, how are they going to get him into the game basically with Walker Reynolds Cook you know how are they going to get Benji into the game but that um, I mean they needed him in round two because of injury but even in round one he sort of played I think more than half the game and sort of as an extra half slash loose forward just doing a bit of ball playing and I, I thought he really added a, another dimension to them. Yeah, he came on from memory in that second half against Melbourne and, and I think the end score when he came on was 18-6 to the Rabbitohs. So it was obviously just added a bit more. I kind of see it as, um, you know, Adam Reynolds is more that sort of um, controller of the game, whereas um, Cody Walker, you know, he's, he's the danger man, especially on that left edge. So adding Benji in there just gives them another sense of like, unpredictability. And um, he's obviously, we always knew, knew he's a great player, obviously, but being able to go into a winning team and winning structure straight away. Mm. I think we're seeing the best of him and you can put him anywhere. His defense has obviously improved on, um, you know, previous times in his career. And um, I think he's just loving that roaming role and just playing footy, mm. which is probably something that he, you know, Tigers is a bit more structured mentally, whereas now he can just roam around and try and score some points for his team. I went out to the South for their, one of their media ops this week and, and had a chat to Benji. And he's one of those guys, probably more more than anyone in in rugby league up there with like your Sean Johnsons, who is just so good at explaining the game. Every time you talk to them, you kind of come away feeling like you've learned something and you understand the game better than, than before you talk to them. And he's just, um, he was sort of, I asked him to explain how he viewed the role that he's got at the moment. He sort of said, you know, it's so easy for me to come on and just be told what to do. Like I'm officially playing lock against Melbourne, at least not Manly when he had to replace Adam Reynolds in the halves, but, you know, officially playing lock defending in the middle getting he said it's easy to defend in the middle because you've got blokes around you to help you and everyone runs straight so you sort of got three in the tackle rather than getting isolated on the edge and then i'm just you know going where i'm told to go and and passing when i'm told to pass and he seemed to be really um relishing it so it could be a big season for the uh the oldest man in the uh, in the nrl in in 2021 um just on the Roosters front, you, you mentioned Crichton back for one week suspension. He's big. Victor Radley, first game back from a, a knee reconstruction uh, via the bench. So I don't know if he'll get huge minutes, but good to see him back on the field. How much do you read into their just absolute demolitions of, of two teams in the first two rounds, given neither of those teams threw a whole lot at them? Look, I was at that Tigers game just as a spectator and, you know, the Tigers didn't really throw much, especially in defence. I just looked like it was boys against men at times out there. So 
um, yeah, this is going to be a whole different level. You know, the the Rabbitohs sort of put that nail in in their coffin last year and and basically knocked them out of the finals before they did knock knock themselves out. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a big test. And Luke Keery and Lockie Lamb, I like the you know Lock, uh, Luke Keery's obviously started the season really really well. I think Lock and Lamb's still trying to find his feet a little bit in that team mm. naturally so as well. Um, yeah, it's this is a different. I just think this is a different. Um, kettle of fish no disrespect to the last two oppositions that the Roosters have played but yeah, yeah. this is top stuff just on Lockie Lamb, obviously, um, Sam Walker in reserve grade, the, the son of Ben Walker, a prodigious talent, a wonderful halfback, probably their, you know, their long-term answer in the halves. I think he's probably going to be banging on the door sooner rather than later, although at the moment I think Trent Robertson's happy for him just to get some some minutes against the big boys in, in cup. But in terms of Lockie Lamb, and people have been a bit down on him because he's been a bit quiet. I, I kind of like that he's not overplaying his hand he's not coming in trying to run the show he's you know letting Luke Keary do all the you know the important stuff and he's kind of you know he's tackling well he's getting through his his work um he kicks if he needs to kick he had a really nice catch and pass to put Bemos into space um in that last game so he's had a few nice little moments without you know he hasn't really made any mistakes hasn't done a lot wrong and, and hasn't really overplayed his hand at all yeah, you'd think that the opposition would have sort of peppered him the last couple of weeks, but um, looking at his stats, like he's only missed the one tackle in the last fortnight, which, you know, I think first and foremost, that's what Robbo would be looking at, especially on the edge yeah. where a lot of halves do get targeted. So um, I think for as long as he's doing that and as long as the Roosters are winning and winning well, um, you know, that that's where he'll sort of stay. I think the pressure with Sam Walker, I thought he might have made his debut last week off the bench, but obviously... Mm. went against that but he'll get his chance at some point I think too um but it, it's also good to I think we'll see a bit more of Lockie Lamb once he just gets a bit more comfortable he's so used to being in and out of the side you know yeah. here and there whereas this is actually his chance to sort of build and um you know sort of knowing a little bit about the Roosters they're not throwing too much around this time of the season either. anyway they just want to get two points and sort of go so um yeah but the big test will obviously come against these bigger teams top four yeah. teams Finish with a tip. Who you got? Um, I went with the Rabbitohs on this one. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think I, th- I think they're a bit more sort of tough, and even against that against Manly last week, they you know it was a pretty sort of big challenge when they lost a few players. So I think well, they might just have a bit too much in attack. Yeah, I'm. Really find this one tough to tip. I've I've tipped the Roosters, but we absolutely could go to the the Rabbitohs. It almost feels weird tipping the Roosters given the way the last sixty to eight game went. It's bizarre that yeah. you know the next meeting you'd be saying the other team's going to win given how dominant that that game was. And you know the Roosters have been so dominant the first two rounds, but against very different teams to what they're going to face in the Rabbitohs. So I'm going the Roosters, but yeah, it would not surprise me to see the the Bunnies um, take this one out. Uh, Saturday footy kicks off down in the nation's capital Raiders hosting the Warriors Um, I'm expecting defense to be a a focus of this one Uh, what are you looking forward to I think Jared Croker coming back Um, you know obviously missed a couple of weeks and and missed pretty much the whole preseason with that shoulder injury Um, because Sebastian Chris has been playing pretty well as well so you got to make way for, for the skipper um, and yeah, just the Raiders, like they, they're just finding ways to win at the moment this time of the year. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of them yet, but they're just doing enough. Um, Warriors, pretty unlucky last week. Um, we'll probably get into them a little bit later, but yeah, I, I like the Raiders, just their forward pack. They're just motoring and um, 
spoke about him a bit last week, but Ryan James, you know, still sort of so good, kicking yeah. on, making the scene. Yeah, um, Hudson Young's another one, played pretty well last week against Cronulla. Um, yeah, I don't think the Raiders will be too worried with where they're at, but they're definitely not disappointed in what they're displaying at the moment. Yeah, I um, actually spoke to, to Jared Croker for a media call um, this morning, Wednesday morning. Uh, he was stinging to get back out there, as you'd imagine, but spoke about Seb Chris, who has got the nod for those first two games ahead of the likes of Harley Smith-Shields and Matt Tomoko and really taken that chance in the centres. And the depth that you touched on, that um, their reserve grade game actually got postponed due to the weather last weekend, but the front row was listed as being Emre Gula, Tom Starling and Corey Horsburgh. The halves were Sam Williams and Matt Frawley, um, guys like, you know, Harley Smith Shields and Matt Tomoko in the, the back. I think the whole back five had played NRL at some point. Like it's, you know, it's a lot of really good players to come in. And then you look at someone like, you know, Hudson Young, who was sort of coming off the bench in the middle last year has been, you know, close to the best edge forward in the comp over the first two rounds on, on top of all those, you know, other forwards that are just keep on keeping on Josh Hodgson back from his ACL injury, like nothing had, had ever happened. It's, um, you know, it's a pretty good spot to be in for Canberra. Yeah, and they've got they've got Corey Haru Naira as well due back soon from his yeah. suspension. So that's another one. Um yeah, they're just I think they'll really hit their straps a bit later on in the season, but um at the moment you're just doing your best to even just stay in the seventeen. Um yeah, it's 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 pretty uh anonymous signs at the moment. If you're uh if you're anyone but a Raiders fan, it's it's looking good for them. Yeah, they've started well. What about the Warriors? Um, huge blow with Chanel Harris-Tavita set to miss about three months. Sean O'Sullivan comes into the starting side. I was on a um, covering the, the Warriors. Um, Nathan Brown um, media call this afternoon. He was speaking about Sean O'Sullivan being the best sort of like-for-like like in the squad. They've obviously got Paul Turner, who's another half in the squad. But playmaker-wise, they're, they're very skinny after that. Their depth really being tested with Carl Lawton, you know, injured and then, and then going to Manly. So potentially in the market for... Um, for someone to come in, they, you mentioned they're unlucky, obviously, uh, Gray Manersley mentioned that that try to, to Wade Egan should have stood a game that they led by four points with a couple of minutes to go only for a bit of Bradman best brilliance to, um, to steal it from them. But um, yeah, very unlucky not to win. And they, they've defended pretty well, both the first two rounds. Yeah, they have like, they've started pretty solid. Um, again, I think they just, they're just still sort of finding their feet as a team. Like they, they mm. the preseason was a bit mixed. Obviously, they were split in half. You know, it's going to take a couple of weeks on the field for them to sort of come together. But injuries don't help, as you mentioned, um, with Chanel Harris Tavita going down with injury. I'm keen to see how Sean O'Sullivan goes. He's sort of been on the cusp. He was on the cusp, I think, at Brisbane for a couple of years and then yeah. um, never got his sort of chance. Or um, so yeah, it's it's a big moment for him and. They need a bit of stability because they've, they've got a great team. They just sort of need to put it all together now. And um, but yeah, I, I like the I still like the look of of the Raiders in this one. But um, mm. the Warriors, you know, they sort of they're just sort of just thereabouts at the moment for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely a work in progress, but certainly some positive signs for the Warriors so far. But for the sake of uh, round three, I'm definitely tipping the Raiders. Second Saturday game, the Broncos and the Bulldogs. Um, someone's got to win this one, right? Yeah, somebody does. And I feel for the team that doesn't because this yeah. is going to be... Uh, Piling. Gonna... Yes, correct. So, um, yeah, it's... Many are saying it's the wooden spoon battle already. We're only in round three, which is quite um, sad territory. But 
um, look, you just got to deal with the deal with what it is, and you know, win here or there for one of these teams. Who knows? It could sort of springboard them into a bit of a run. So, um, yeah, I, it's, I'm tipping the the Broncos, and I'll get into why. But um, it could be anyone's game, and I think if the Broncos drop this one, there would really be uh, disaster signs for them up in Brisbane. Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of, it's had a bit of attention this week already, but um, the Broncos, you know, this winnable game against the Bulldogs, uh, if they lose this one, their next opponents are the Storm, the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, the Eels, and then the Titans, who've only just smacked them around already uh, once. So there could be, um, you know, they're currently sitting on 13 consecutive losses, which is obviously the worst in the club history and getting towards being close. Uh, I think one more loss is the equal second worst in NRL history, NRL era from 98 to now. Um, so getting up there in terms of losing streaks and yeah, if they lose one more, there's probably four or five waiting after that. So uh, desperation stakes are ready for the Broncos. Yeah, and I think you find the Bulldogs are in a similar position, not obviously with the losing streak, but they've got a pretty tough draw coming up as well. So if, if whoever drops this game, as you say, it's going to be a pretty tough ask for them to to get through sort of the next month. But um, I like the Broncos last week. I thought they showed a few signs. They just sort of just got touched up at the end there by the Titans. But Tessie New, I thought, played pretty well. Um, yeah. it, it just sort of comes down to the halves and, and what they're doing. Milf, Anthony Milford, obviously, I think, he come out or Kevin Walters came out and said it was one of the worst games he's ever played. Like it, that's what you need. You need, you know, he looked quite good in round one, but then he didn't back it up in round two. And that's the key. I think to mm. Milford is trying to get him a bit more consistent between his good and bad games. Um, yeah. It's uh, I expect them to win, but yeah, it would not surprise me otherwise. I think too, just on the Bulldogs, um, I was at their game against Penrith and I just noticed that they didn't, they weren't putting any pressure whatsoever on Nathan Cleary, Jerome Lawai when it came to like kicks. There was just no sort of aggression until that second half. Dylan Napa came on and like really sort of took it to him. But it was just a little bit like too little too late sort of thing. Mm. I think they need to do that a lot better. And But again, they're a bit like the Warriors. They're still trying to find their feet. They're a newish sort of team and um, haven't spent a lot of time together. So it's just going to take a bit of time. Yeah, Brisbane named a uh, an unchanged team despite the result last week. That uh, right edge defence with, with Milford just really got torn apart by um, by former Bronco David Fafida in, in particular. So um, some concerning signs on the edges. With you know, I think it was five forwards scored tries um, against them in that Titans game. So goal line defence a real issue. Uh, dogs are without Dylan Montanis Lesniak suspended for the high shoulder. Nathan Cleary, Raymond Faitala, Mariner four to five months with a. Uh, a nasty uh not a, not a nasty injury but a, a really unfortunate place to break your foot with um takes a long time to heal apparently so a little bit of a tweak in their forward pack um jake Averillo and kyle flanagan super young halves pairing um Corey allen a relatively young player himself coming across from from south to play fullback so i guess was always going to be a, a work in progress for uh, for trent barrett yeah, I wonder what's going on with Jake Averillo, just more his mindset, you know, like a lot's been made about Matt Burton coming across and, you know, is that affecting his own game? I think he's only had one carry maybe on average the last couple of weeks. Mm. Like he, you know, last year we saw his running game, you know, he was floating around different positions, but he really came on and made an impact, whereas it's just been a bit more passive. I don't know if it's to do with Kyle Flanagan calling the shots a bit more, you know, he's still trying to find his feet himself. But, um, yeah, I'm ex- I was expecting a little bit more from from Jake um, when it comes to that 
just that spine because they are the most inexperienced spine in, in the NRL at the moment. So they need to find points and it's been a it's been a topic for them for the past few years, but it just doesn't matter who sort of comes in at the moment, they still sort of struggle. So um, who knows, game up at Suncourt might just sort of open it all up for them and they just play some footy. So you're tipping the Broncos? Yep, sticking with the Broncos. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs in a bit of an upset. Um, tough outing against Penrith. Penrith haven't conceded a point. I don't know if you can read a lot into that. They were, you know, right up against it. But I, I just liked, I think Kyle Flanagan had three tries in the rain against Newcastle in, in round one. I feel like um, they might have a few points in them. And just with how uh, flimsy the Broncos have been, especially in their, their second halves, if uh, dogs can just find a bit of that Belmore grit and, and stay in it, um, in the first half, they might open up and score a few points in the uh, in the second. We'll see how this one goes. Um, Saturday night game, Eels up against the Sharks. Um, Eels, absolutely fantastic win over the storm uh, at Bankwest last week. Uh, classic wet weather footy. Um, Sharks, uh, well, everyone had wet weather footy, didn't quite get the job done um, against Canberra. Obviously, unfortunate for, for Chad Townsend, had some high pressure kicks from out wide and, and couldn't quite nail them. Um, they ended up going down by two points, but certainly... Um, got themselves back into the game after an ordinary first half and, and defended well and, and nearly stole the win. Yeah, they certainly did. I thought, as you mentioned, they were pretty unlucky at the end there. They could have either jagged, you know, put it into golden point or at best uh, had a win. But um, I think with the Sharks, I think they're just waiting for, for Sean Johnson to come back. They're just sort of going through like the paces and, um, you know, they're, they're back to that sort of nitty gritty side where they just they get the opposition into a bit of a wrestle and I think their forward pack has sort of reverted back to the days where you had Paul Gallen and Luke Lewis and and you know now you've got Aidan Tolman and um and Aaron Woods sort of guys like that that can just sort of get into an arm wrestle whereas I'd like to see a bit more points put on from them I think they've got you know a much better team than what they're sort of scoring at this minute but um yeah, I think Matt Moylan as well. He's got a little bit to do with that. He's still trying to sort of find his his feet. Um, he's been a bit patchy. I think he missed eight tackles on the weekend, so that doesn't um, sort of help his cause in terms of defence. But um, yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting a decent game. I think it would be a lot closer than what people think. Um, but I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Parry in this one. Yeah, Moylan, uh, I thought he had a reasonably good game um, given his injury woes last year in round one, but then, yeah, had a, a bit of a tough outing against the Raiders uh, in round two. I mean, just in terms of the Eels, what have you made of them? Obviously, you know, beating the Storm when they're, they're close to full strength is is nothing to, to sneeze at. I feel like Isaiah Papali's really added something off the, the bench. Um, you know, Mitch Moses has been good. Clint Gutherson was at four try saves or three or four try saves last week. has been absolutely uh, incredible as well. Junior Paulo, you know, scoring tries through the middle and, and really strong. Radonia Kore, absolute um, sensation playing in the centres for an injured Wonga Blake last week. Well, I think their big thing was winning the key moments and that's what they managed to do last week. And I thought they, you know, looking at them, they were pretty happy with with their efforts, you know, beating Melbourne. And I think just the way that they did, they got had in, they were in that arm wrestle for a little while and then just sort of come up with that big play. And for a guy like Mitch Moses, it sort of cops a lot of flack around, you know, the big pressure moments, who's going to stand up. Um, he certainly did. You know, obviously, Mike Acevo's grab helps in that regard yeah. as well. But, yeah, um, yeah like Parra just sort of hit the ground running, you know, they're, they're doing everything right. They, they, I think Reed Marnie's service have a dummy half is a big key as well. Like he, he's got a lovely passing game that can, you know, cut out three or four players to get hit there, hit that playmaker in the chest. So, um, 
yeah, I like what Para are doing and I think they're, they know what works for them. It's just a matter of doing it and then adding on, you know, finding that sort of flamboyance when it matters and, and being a bit more unpredictable because if anything, that's where they sort of went downhill last year was just they got too predictable in their attack towards the end there. Well, Reed Marty's been a real sensation the, the first two rounds. I actually interviewed him after the, the Storm game. I couldn't believe how much energy he still had at the end of that one. Everyone was totally gassed. You know, you saw Brandon Smith doubled over on his haunches going off after, you know, 50 or 60 minutes. And Reed Marty in the 78th is still tearing after blokes and making tackles. And, um, yeah, just been absolutely everywhere for them. But his ball playing as well, like you touched on, he's, you know, cl- passing close to the line, scooting out a dummy half, his kicks to the corners, the... Um, what he said to me was basically, you know, it's been a lot of attention on Andrew Johns coming in and working with Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses, but Andrew Johns has done a lot also with Reed Marnie. And the, I'm not, I'm not saying Reed Marnie's playing like Andrew Johns, but just that, you know, extra string to his bow in terms of the ball playing, the kicking out of dummy half, you can kind of see he's had a bit of an influence there. Yeah. He actually said the same thing to me the other day when, when I was oh, out really? there at media. Yeah. Around Joey. Yeah. Just, um, I mean, Joey was also a dummy half at some point. Ratford, he played a bit yeah. dummy half as well, right? Like he's, He's got those sort of pointers. I think the big thing with Marnie is he's he's a bit more comfortable now. He's in, what, his third or fourth year in first yeah. grade, and he knows that he's going to be playing 80 minutes. And with these rules, um, he needed to adjust a bit more. Um, I think he said he bulked up a little bit as well. Um, since he's come into grade, he was about 80 kilos, and now he's jumped up to maybe 86 or so. So he's yeah. actually put on a bit more muscle to handle the workload because that's the big thing. I think when he first started, he was making – 60, 70 tackles a game at one point. You know, it's just a machine, but it was burning him in attack. Whereas I think he's found that balance now. Yeah. Um, where he can sort of help out and put on a bit of, you know, put, put on some attack himself. Yeah. We still made 59 or so tackles against the Storm while also uh, doing everything he did in attack. Um, so finish this one off. You said you're tipping Parramatta potentially in yeah, a tight one? In a I tight will, one, yeah. I will also tip the Eels in a tight one. Uh, Sunday footy kicks off up there in the Hunter, the Knights and the West Tigers. Um, Knights probably will start off pretty warm favourites in this one. Um, start with the Knights, what do you reckon? Yeah, hopefully, if you're a Knights fan like uh, like myself. Um, <laughs> it, Mitch, Mitch Pierce's 300th game, I think if that you know that's definitely one reason to get up for it. But I just think the Knights have started you know, pretty well with the opposition that they've had to face. And, and obviously they've got a lot of key players out. Um, they're just doing what, what they need to at this point to get through. And I think against the Tigers, though, I think they've got a pretty decent record um, up there in Newcastle against the Knights. So it, it'll be a lot. I think it'll be pretty close, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be tighter than what what people sort of think, especially the Tigers coming off that really embarrassing loss to the Roosters on the weekend. What do you think? I mean, we got Kurt Mann back from that knee bump. Um, Phoenix crossing it out. I think he's suspended anyway. Um, otherwise, the the team sort of as it has been. I'm i really more than anything. I've liked the forward pack. Um, you know, Saifidi brothers and Clemmer in the middle. That the two edges, Tyson Frizzell and Mitch Barnett, have both been. We talked about Hudson Young earlier, but these guys are both putting their hands up as some of the best edge forwards in the, in the comp so far this year. Mitch Barnett sniping them off the tee with his goal kicking, probably going to take the job off Callum Ponga when Callum's back in a, a couple of weeks. You know, Connor Watson off the bench, sort of he had to come on at 5-8th in the, the first game, but he got busy in the middle um, last week. And then Jaden Braley, you know, missed pretty much all of last year with an ACL. He's started like a house on fire. He's been absolutely terrific for them. 
you know, I think they've just got a bit more comfortable with each other. You know, it's been a couple of years now, minus Jaden Braley, obviously, with that injury last year. But guys like Mitch Barnett, Dave Clemmer, the Safidi boys, like they've, they've been part of that pack for a couple of years now and, you know, should be leading the way consistently. I think Daniel Safidi's doing it on a regular basis and the, these other guys are sort of following suit. We all know that David Clemmer does. Um but yeah, that's that's where they're they're going well. And Jaden Braley's sort of just jumping in the back of that. He's he's loving it, you know, and it's good to see him back this time last year is when he did his ACL. So um yeah. yeah, the more he sort of stays on the field and can, you know, run off the back of these guys, they're gonna have a they're gonna be very hard to stop down the track if they keep going at this rate. Yeah, I mean they haven't, you know, had to face a, you know, Storm Panthers Rooster South type team yet. But if they can bank, you know, they bank three wins from three to start the year with Ponga and Blake Green out, then that's a huge head start when they do get their their full squad on the um on the park for the you know the the bulk of the year. What's going on with the Tigers? You know, I don't think I think it's been pretty difficult because they've had the Raiders into the Roosters and. I mean, can you honestly tell me that you were expecting the Tigers to beat either of those sides? Like, I don't think... Yeah, I think it was just were. the manner of the Roosters' loss that was the, the concern. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, correct. I think it's the way that they, you know, against the, the Raiders, they put up a good fight. You know, they could yeah. walk away with their head held high. We gave it a good, uh, good crack. Whereas last week against the Roosters, they just, you know, I think laid over and just said, yeah, score. Like, the way, the manner of which the Roosters were scoring their tries was quite alarming and I know Joey Leilu has obviously been dropped, um, but he he was part of the issue on that edge. It was it was mm. quite obvious they they were sort of just running down that edge all day long, and um, yeah, it's, it's not good enough at this level. So you're expecting a bit of a bounce back, but by how much? Um, up in Newcastle, I'm not too sure. What about the halves partnership? Adam Dewey missed the first round, suspended, came in for for round two. Luke Brooks has sort of been a bit up and down. He's had a couple of nice moments, you know, even on the weekend against the Roosters, you know, had a nice line break to get them on the attack and then gets the ball and, you know, boots it 10 metres past the dead ball line to give up a a second, a seven tackle set. So, um, yeah, the the playmaker's not really, or the main playmaker's not really nailing it at the moment. I think that's sort of Luke Brooks in a nutshell a little bit, isn't it? Like he mm. brilliants to get out of the dummy half, makes this big line break, almost scores, and then literally the next play gets the ball back and kicks it dead. It's just, you know, very hot and cold in sort of key moments. Um, interestingly, Benji Marshall the other night on Fox Sports was saying that, you know, is he just a 5 eighth? You know, mm. is, is, he, is he too passive to the point where he shouldn't be in control of a team? It should be another player. Do they need another halfback? Um, whereas Adam Zui's from all reports, quite aggressive on the field, yells out a lot, barks a lot of orders, but is he that dominant playmaker? I think he's a bit like Luke Brooks, you know, in yeah. terms of that passive yeah. play. So are they both sort of very similar players? Um, that's where it's pretty hard. I think it's going to be very interesting recruit-wise, you know, recruitment-wise for the Tigers this year to see what they sort of chase. Um, I don't think Luke Brooks is off contract for a couple of years, but... Mm. Um, yeah, what do they sort of do around him? Because we know we've, he's got the talent, it's just a matter of unlocking it consistently because it must be really frustrating for Tigers fans. Yeah, Benji said the same thing in the, the media call that I was at, at at South through the week as well. Um, and I mean, I, I think it's a bad point. You know, imagine Luke Brooks has a, a running 5'8 with a controlling halfback to take some of the heat off him, but they don't really have that at the club unless you sort of promote a, a Jock Madden into first grade. But I don't, I think it's a bit rough on him to sort of be asked to come in and, and run the team ahead of Luke Brooks, uh, you know, on his 
you know, debut season. Um, so, I mean, for the, for the time being, they've probably got to make do with sort of how they're, they're doing it. But just their, their attack looks a bit uninspired. They're not really throwing much. There's too many sort of one-outs and, you know, just sort of predictable shapes, I think, to, to really trouble, especially the good teams. Yeah, I think everyone was sort of one-out, one-up. I think, like, Dane Laurie you know, did a lot of sort of good stuff. Jacob Little looked all right in that, that yeah. first sort of 20 minutes with Dane Laurie out of dummy half. But apart from that, there was no real, as you say, structure on the edges or, um, you know, uh, Luciano Lelua, Luke Garner might hit hit a gap or hit, hit an edge, but then nothing would sort of happen around that. So I guess it's part of that spine, you know, they obviously it's a new spine as well. They're trying to get their own bearings and work each other out. But in this game, and especially if you're a Tigers fan who's sort of been through what they've been through the last couple of years it's just the patience is sort of wearing thin so um against the knights obviously the knights are not you know a, a raiders or a rooster side so as we get these teams that are more sort of on on level with the tigers we might see a bit more from them and um yeah i just think they've had a pretty tough start to the season just opposition wise yeah. yeah. to, to be judging too much on it yeah, they, they certainly have. Dane Laurie, who you mentioned, has been a real bright spot for them, but was just probably a bit too easy to mark up on him as the game went on with the, the Roosters not having to worry about too much else. But yeah, I think uh, when they get some softer opposition, Laurie and Little could uh, cause some real headaches. Round finishes off with a Queensland derby. The Cowboys and the Titans up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Um, North Queensland will be absolutely desperate to give their home fans a win. They would have thought they were a big chance last week against the Dragons. Um, Titans bounce back from a pretty ordinary round one to to really put the uh, the Broncos to the sword last week, so they'll come into this one favourites. Talk about the Cowboys first. They've um, you know, I guess struggled a bit like a few of the other teams we talked about. Just struggled to to score points and, and had a few flimsy moments in defence as well. Yeah, I think Todd Payton nailed it in his press conference after the game. Like they're just a bit too sort of passive. They're just waiting. They're a bit nervous to throw the ball around. That they you know they don't want, especially after coming up with so many errors against Penrith. They're very worried about what what could happen next, whereas they're not sort of trusting their instinct and just going for that that kill. And that's what happened against the Dragons, where they just sort of sat back and um, tried to play it a bit more safe compared to the week before. Um, but yeah, as you say, they're going to be desperate to to get a win up there. Um, you know, the crowds are coming back up in Queensland as well, and new stadium. Like they haven't exactly got off to the, the great start at that venue. So um, yeah, it should be great. You know, all Queensland derby and um, interesting comments just before that game last week where you, you had Val Holmes sort of questioned about playing on the wing and um, it's just these sort of rumblings happening here with Jason Tomalolo out with his broken hand. That, that's a bit of a blow as well. But um, you just get the feeling that, you know, something needs to happen for the Cowboys. Otherwise, it could sort of just start to unravel a little bit early. Um, I thought Michael Morgan was pretty good defensively the other night. You know, Jake Clifford combination sort of improved. Um mm. But, yeah, you just sort of – you need a bit more out of them in terms of, you know, their attack. And, and even the four-pack without Tumalo, they need to step up a little bit more. Yeah, I thought uh, Val Holmes responded pretty well. He had a, a good game. He sort of conjured a try out of nothing and, you know, was good from the wing and got himself involved. So I think that's sort of what he needs to do if he does want to eventually go back to, to being a fullback. But he's um, – I think they're going to stick with Scott Drinkwater for the moment. Team-wise, Murray Tuolungi replaces suspended Kyle Felt on the wing. Um, what do you made of the Titans? Uh, probably, you know, struggled in a, a scrappy game round one to score points and then Brisbane sort of made it easy for them in, in round two. Been a lot of hype about them. Um Big recruits in the uh, the forward pack with David Fafida and Tino Fasuamalawi. Um, what do you reckon? 
I think they're a little bit, they're still, we're still not sort of got, got the right sort of gauge on, on where they're at. Um, again, you look at the opposition that they played, Warriors, you know, touched them up and then against the Broncos, again, it's pretty hard to sort of see where they're at after that. Um, Cowboys, again, is going to be a bit of a strange test. Um, until they sort of play the top-notch teams, we won't really know whether they are a finals, a finals force. But um, the signs are there, like, for them. The, the four-pack, obviously, we saw what happened when the four-pack gets, gets on a roll, holds the ball, and then allows, you know, your Ash Taylors and Jamal Fogarty's to sort of run amok. But with no Ash Taylor there this week, Turner Boy gets his opportunity. And from all reports, like, he's, you know, out and out playmaker and um, ready to make his mark. I thought AJ Brimson's sort of been a little bit quiet at the start yeah. of the season. Like he's, sort of, he's sort of finding his way with his after him coming back from injury, but that'll just take a bit of time. Um, but all in all, I think, you know, they sort of showed their potential last week, but it's time to build on it now. Yeah, AJ Brimson may be struggling to live up to just the enormously high bar he set through the second half of last year. Taylor here mentions a big out. I, I really liked um, I liked his defence last week, just rocking some guys with some huge hits, forced one or two turnovers. He um, you know, nailed a, a couple of, of Broncos with that, that shoulder of his. So um, unfortunately, he's out. But uh, good news, I guess, there is it's only for uh, two or three weeks, maybe three weeks, I think. Um, so he won't be out for too long and Tanner Boy gets his chance. Are we both tipping the Titans in this one? Oh, yeah, I can't remember who I tipped on NRL.com, but I think it might have been the Titans. Yeah. But usually if, if I'm stuck 50-50, I usually lean towards the home side, but I think I think on this occasion I went Titans. I'm uh, yeah, looking at the look. tips now, and you uh, you did tip the Titans. <laughs> You're off the hook. Um, I, I feel like t- this whole round this whole round is very toss of the coin. You know, yeah. it's very true. Maybe it's just the start of this season or the fact that I'm going terribly in tips, but, yeah, yeah. I'm finding it more and more hard each week. Well, you're comfortably ahead of Robbie Farrer and Steve Renoff, so just keep ahead of those two boys and you'll you'll be okay. Those two guys are too loyal and pick their teams every week. I know. <laughs> Robbie to be the first two weeks has not started well. Steve going the Broncos every week. They, they might be uh, in for a long season on the tipping front. Um, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me once again on the Around Preview podcast, Alicia. We'll be back this time next week.